You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Welcome to the San Jose Hockey Now podcast, your trusted source for all things San Jose Sharks on the Hockey Podcast Network. My name is Nick Floor. Joining me as always is Editor-in-Chief of San Jose Hockey Now and my co-host, Shang Peng. Shang, how's this beautiful, lovely night going? Pretty good until Team USA lost. Yeah, they, they tried to come back. It was just a little little too late there. They ended up losing 3-2 to two for those who were wondering what the final final score is of that lovely, lovely women's hockey game. So make sure you go support them in all their ventures. And don't stop now. Make sure to follow the PHF and, and continue uh, following those wonderful women in their journey to uh, make hockey truly for everyone. So uh, follow them and find a team to support because women's hockey is pretty, pretty freaking awesome. So as always, we like to start these off as a, a little date notation here. It is a beautiful what is it, Wednesday night? Yeah, Wednesday night, uh, 16th of February. Hope you all had a great Valentine's Day, whether you're married, uh, single, it's complicated, whatever relationship status you hold, I hope your Valentine's Day went well. So, on this week's episode, Shang and I are going to get into some role play. Not that kind of role play. Sorry. Sorry for all the fan fiction writers out there. We're not getting into that kind of role play. But we are going to uh, we're going to simulate the shark's attempt in convincing or courting Tomas Hurdle and convincing him to stay in San Jose and stay with the Sharks. Then after we get through our role playing session, we're going to highlight some positive gameplay for the Sharks, although it might not feel like that's easy to do here uh, based on the last performance. We are going to find a way to do it. Uh, specifically in the PK uh, for this week's Sport Logic stat of the week. So, uh, been a minute since we've given our social media handles a shout out. So we'll say that really quickly. You can follow the podcast at SJ Hockey Now Pod. You can follow the network at Hockey Pod Net, or you can follow myself at Nick Floor underscore Shang. I am at Shang underscore Peng, and find my work at San Jose. Hockey Now or NBC Sharks. And wanted to add, too, uh, in terms of what we're doing in this episode. Uh, look, we know things look bad for the Sharks. And for keeping Thomas Hurdle, at least in the sense of if you're trying to convince Thomas Hurdle that this is a team that is going to contend soon. And so this is our best attempt. Um, while we can still make it, right? Because there's 15 games until the trade deadline. I just wrote an article uh, basically saying uh, the 15-game fight to keep Hurdle. Um, so not a lot of time left. So this is sort of a last-ditch uh, attempt. And within a week or two, unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on what side of the coin you are, but it's going to be sad either way because I think everybody wants to keep Tomas Hurdle in their heart, right? Uh, but uh, maybe for the betterment of the franchise, maybe you can't. So uh, definitely understand that. But so in a week or two, we may, we may be talking about next steps, the first step of, uh, of, a, of a rebuild. 
uh, or the next step in the reset, whatever you want, you want to call it. Uh, but for now though, uh, we're going to, uh, you know, give it our, our, our game best to, uh, to, to try to keep, uh, keep, keep Tommy here. We're going to give you the old college try. And speaking of, mm-hmm. uh, the majority of fans on one side or the other on, uh, what they presume the sharks are going to do. We actually ran a poll, just wanted to kind of, uh, give a shout out to everyone who participated in that poll. 660 votes came in. So, uh, the podcast fans, the listeners, Sharks fans, you guys came out strong. So we do appreciate that. We love interacting with you all. Uh, the question was, do the Sharks trade Tomas Hurdle at or before the deadline? And it was a lot closer or pretty much as close as we thought it would be. 55% coming in, uh, 55.2% coming in at yes and 44.8% coming in at no. So uh, this is a split decision, and it will be down to the very end, and we understand why. There's plenty of people, like Shank said, on the acquire assets and initiate full rebuild mode, and there's plenty of people that are, you know, we we know what Tomas Hurdle means for both the city and for this team. So like Shank says, we'll see where we are in two weeks. But well, we what... think it'll come down the wire, though. I I, I want to add that that caveat. You know, uh, my impression, and I'm sure you guys have have all read it if you're listening to this podcast. But you know, my impression is that Tomas Hurdle. Just to recap quickly, that the Sharks have said they want to keep him. Uh, Joe Will has said uh, that he thinks that Tom, Tomas wants to stay. And he's talking with uh, uh, Hurdle's agent right now, Craig Olster. So that should all be good news. But uh, when we talked to Thomas Hurdle about this a few days ago, uh, Saturday before the game in Edmonton, uh, he didn't sound quite as committed. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, not not to say that 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 he's you know uh, looking out the door, he's ready to leave. But he definitely was not as uh, as committed to the idea as uh, you might have hoped if you want him to stay. Um, and I quote, he said that, you know, something to the effect of, uh, you know, there isn't any 100% out there. And so, I, you know, can't really say, you know, I just want to play right now and play out the, the next four weeks and, and you know, kind of see where we're at, you know, focus on the hockey. Um, instead of saying, I want to stay, which is, you know, what he could have said. And, you know, more power to him, of course, you know, that is his right. And I think the big thing, the two big questions here are, are the Sharks going to give him the money he wants and deserves, which is the maximum. If you guys are thinking anything else, uh, um, be very surprised if uh, if, if Hurdle uh, t- takes less than that, uh, the maximum eight-year contract. And the second part is he wants the window. And so I think that he's, I think that he's genuinely torn and to his loyalty to the Sharks, his love of the city, uh, of the fans, of the organization, his familiarity with it. Um, but also, uh, you know, he's torn between that and just the almost fact, you know, it doesn't look like the Sharks are going to be ready to contend soon. Um, so that's my read of it. And that's where, you know, we're kind of coming from here. But, you know, really, who knows? The Sharks could trade Thomas Hurdle in a week. Thomas Hurdle can sign here in a week. So, so uh, we will see. Yeah, it is. Uh, we I think we say that at least once or twice in every episode. Yeah, that's true. Time will tell. We will see. But I mean, that's just everyone's going to keep it close to the vest. No one's going to give anything away or allow the other party to find a way to get a leg up. Because at the end of the day, uh, Tomas deserves his money. Yep. So, uh, you spoke about the 
the long-term deal, right? You spoke about mm-hmm. the eight years, the max deal that he's going to get. And in this, uh, in this role-playing, essentially, I'm going to be Tomash's agent. Obviously, the Sharks don't negotiate directly with Hurdle. That's why they have agents. So I'm going to be Craig in this situation. Shang okay. is going to be either Joe Will or a representation of the masses of the top executives in the Sharks organization, right? And so mm-hmm. we want to preface this by saying that money is not the issue when it comes down to uh, courting Tomash to stay. Uh, we're establishing that he has an 8 by 8 on the table, so an 8-year, $64 million contract, so that's the $8 million AAV. It's the same uh, cap hit as Logan Couture, just to kind of put it in your mind. It's the same cap hit as Brent Burns. Uh, but now we're going to discuss the the details of why Tomas should or should not stay. So, Shang, I'm going to let you start this off. Yeah, and the uh, first thing I wanted to say to, uh, to that is the Sharks have Timo Meyer, and he's 25. He's one of the best right-wingers in hockey. Uh, right now, he's actually third in right-winger scoring. And you guys, uh, you know, meaning uh, Timo and Tommy, have terrific chemistry, and we believe that you guys can be one of the best lines in hockey on a year-to-year basis. Uh, you know, we hear, we believe that the the issue with that is the fact that Timo Meyer is pretty much all that we have on this line, in, including my my client Tomash. Uh, the biggest issue being, and and it's known now that if if Tomash or Timo, if they don't score a point, the Sharks don't win a game. So the Timo Meyer is a wonderful player. He's he's bordering on elite in this league, and that's amazing. And Hurdle and him play very well. But the problem that we're seeing is uh, the rest of the team, the other forwards, the other 10 forwards, uh, don't seem to be pulling their weight as much as my client would. And absolutely, you know, we'll um, admit that, you know, finding second, secondary scoring, it's been a challenge uh, for this team. I mean, well, you know, let's let's be honest, right? Uh, the Sharks have uh, missed the playoffs the last two years. Uh, we're uh, on track to miss it this year. But you also have to admit, too, that we've had a knack for finding talent in unusual places. Uh, we found Jonathan Dolan, who's on pace for 20 goals in his rookie year, got him for a mid-level prospect. We got Rudolph Balzers off waivers. He's averaged about a point, half a point a game since we got him. I don't think there's been a more productive player claimed off waivers in the last two years. And then there's Alexander Barabanov, who we got for Auntie Sil- Suomela. And Barabanov, he's going to score 40 goals this year. Now, these aren't frontline players by any means. We understand that. You know, they're not you, they're not, uh, or your client, they're not Timo Meyer. Um, but these guys have really helped to rebuild the depth of the Sharks the last uh, the last couple of years here. And so we're going to talk more about what we're going to add to the team beyond that. But let's just start first, too, that let's imagine you, your client, that is, uh, Timo Meyer, Logan Couture, Jonathan Dolan, Alexander Barabanov, and Rudolph Balzers. And we think that we're a good forward or two away from making some serious noise. And, you know, on top of that, too, you know, we start with talking about how good Timo has been this year. Let's talk about how good Eric Carlson has been this year. You know, we know he had a couple of rough years there, but come back strong this season. He's at 0.79 points per game right now. That's 11th in the league. Basically top 10 ahead of guys like 
Quinn Hughes, Shea Theodore, Dougie Hamilton. So that's a pretty good group. Well, well, I admit that, you know, Eric Carlson has had a bit of a renaissance year so far. I think the the reoccurring theme with uh, with Carlson seems to be his his age as well as just his injury proneness, I would say. Or, or if I if I double back it, if we don't bring up his injury right now, more or less the contract. You know, we're in a flat cap. You gave him eleven and a half million dollars per year. We don't feel like he's playing up to that potential, possibly, um, but more or less causing the inability to add more depth to allow my client to win the Stanley Cup that he's chasing after. Well, we're not in a flat uh, flat cap. The cap is going up a million next year, and we believe that it's going to keep going up. Um, and Carlson, basically a top 10 scorer this year for defensemen. So maybe he's not performing at 11.5 million, but he's performing at a very high level. And so let's, let's talk about, you know, his age, right? That's a good point you bring up, but John Carlson, Victor Hedman, about the same age, Chris Letang, Brent Burns, Mark Giordano, all still highly productive into their mid thirties. Uh, let's go back further. Nick Lidstrom, Sergey Gonchar, Brian Rafalski, Scott Niedermeyer, Ray Bork, Sergey Zubov, Al McGinnis. A lot of Hall of Famers here, all productive into their mid-30s. And Eric will be 37 when his contract ends. And we see him in that same vein as a future Hall of Famer who will have a productive back half of his career. And let me jump on the injury parts too, uh, because you, you bring that up. So... A couple of years ago, Eric Carlson, his first year with the Sharks, he had a groin injury. Admittedly, very worrisome. Soft tissue, tissue injury, it's hard to kind of figure out the recovery of that. And it took him a couple of years to get back into the swing of things. But the other injuries that he's had with the Sharks, thumb injury a couple of years ago, forearm injury this year, that's just bad luck. That's not stuff that lingers. And so just because a guy's had some bad injury luck in the middle of his career, it doesn't mean that he can't turn it around. And there's examples of that too. So prime of his career, Rob Blake missed 120 games over the course of three seasons, his age 25 through 27 years. He then won a Norris Trophy in 1997-98. And from that year on, played 70 or more games in each of his next 11 seasons, except for two years where he played, still played over 60 games. So that's an example of a guy. He had really rough injury luck for three years. Then for the rest of his career, Hall of Fame career, I might add, another Norris Trophy won a Stanley Cup, pretty healthy. So let's also not forget that in Eric Carlson's age 20 to 27 years, he played 70 or more games in every season except one. So he had that groin injury, which I admit, serious concern, but he got over that. The other stuff, just bad luck, you know, healed 100% like his thumb or will heal like his forearm. And so I don't think it's written that Eric Carlson is going to be hurt for the next six years. He can play, like he's, like I said, he played seven years of there in his 20s and he was healthy for every year except for one. Can see that happening for the next seven years. And like I said, he's we think he's going to be Scott Niedemeyer, Ray Bork. He's going to be a Hall of Famer and play at a very, very high level into his mid-30s. Okay, I, we, we, acknowledge, we acknowledge that Eric Carlson, being the almost surefire Hall of Famer that he is, uh, can definitely be a, of an asset. 
these were just our concerns with uh, our client's ability to uh, pursue that Stanley Cup as far as him being more of a, a cap constrainer in that sense. But we understand that. We understand that. Yeah, like I said, we can't change uh, Eric Carlson's contract, but we think that he's still going to play at a level very close to that contract value, and so it's not going to be a significant issue. Um, another uh, player that we really like that we think is going to be a big part of our future, uh, just like Timo Meyer, just like Eric Carlson, is William Eklund. And your client got to play a little bit with him this season. Uh, immense talent, as, as you can see. And, a, you know, truly an elite prospect that we believe is going to step in next year and be productive. So, yeah, that, that was a bit of a concern to us because we felt as though he was a great contributor to the team. But if he's as good as you say, and, and again, nothing against uh, William Eklund. We, we've seen how he can play. Uh, great future player, we're presuming. Why would you send him back to the SHL if you're attempting to compete for the playoffs in the Stanley Cup now when you have such a lack of depth scoring? Well, Willie Mecklen, he was 19. He's a teenager, and you can tell that he's, you know, slight of frame. He could be bodied off of pucks with some ease, even though he has incredible vision. You know, he's a he's a hockey savant, you know, super smart player, almost a hockey genius, I'd say. But we thought that instead of just having a good William Eklund this year, which he was good, I agree. I don't know if he was great, but he was good. Uh, but give him another year to develop, get stronger, and he's going to come back stronger. So look at Lucas Raymond, El- Elias Pettersson. So these guys, they played their draft year. After the, they got drafted, they played a year in SHL. And they came back, and they were close to point-per-game point uh, contributors. And so this is how we see William Eklund's track, that he goes back to the SHL uh, for this year, and he comes back, you know, maybe, you know, point-per-game. You know, hopefully he does that, so we're not going to – put that on him but can he come back and be a 40 50 point guy next year we really think so uh can he come back next year and be a huge contributor on the power play we really think so and so we feel comfortable adding him in that mix of forwards that 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 we mentioned already uh your client timo logan couture balzers barabanov dolan Eklund. So we're going to keep adding to, to, to that number to show you that we're going to have a, a pretty good looking uh, top nine by, by the end of this conversation. Uh, but also too, uh, with, with William Eklund too, something else we've done too is that because we sent him back, uh, we have another year of his entry-level contract. We didn't burn it off for this year where we thought we were going to get a good William Eklund, but not a great one. And so we think that we're going to get, instead of burning off a year of his entry level, and then having two years of a great Eklund, we're going to have three years of a great Eklund. Because we, again, we didn't burn off that ELC. And so that's another part of the calculation. It's not the reason why we sent him back, but it's a plus, and it is going to help the long-term kind of competitiveness of the team. From a business standpoint, the uh, the cap gymnastics does make uh, sense, and it helps uh maximize the window for Tomash's ability to possibly compete for a Stanley Cup here if that's uh in the books um again you you did bring up his uh or the possibility of a more stout 
consistent top six. Again, our I guess our only concern would be that William Eklund is just one player, you know, and what what we're looking for is we're looking for a team that can consistently compete with a a nice prospect pool or NHL ready prospects or younger players that Tomash can lead the charge and, and be a leader in the locker room and, and come into a locker room that's ready to compete and win now for years to come, not just two or three years down the line. So I feel like that would be a concern with, with again, just having William Eklund here and maybe we, we do understand that Tomash or excuse me, Thomas Bordalo was another good player who's coming up through the prospect system, but there's no other real flashy names that uh, would draw us to continue to stay here other than William. Uh, perhaps, you know, look at also, too, you talk about uh, a group of forwards that can you can grow with, right? So look at the ages of the forwards that we're talking about here. So Logan Couture is right now the only forward in this group that is in his 30s. And we'll talk about Logan in a little bit and his contract because he's going to be here uh, for a while. But you have your client in his late 20s and Alexander Barabanov also in his late 20s. And then you have a core of players that are mid-20s or younger, so Timo Meyer, Rudy Balzer, Alexander Barabanov, Jonathan Dolan, William Eklund, and we, even Kevin LeBanc, who has not had a good season this year, but he's still in his prime. He's 26, and he's been a productive forward in actually pretty much every year of his career except for this one. And we also have a plan to add more talent up front so to give us a better chance to win next year. And so this is a group I think that, again, not an old group, almost everybody in their prime. And we have a youngster like William Eklund kind of, you know, uh, uh, bringing a high level of skill to, to this group. And so this is a mix that I think has a lot of promise. Okay. Well, I mean, the, the points make sense. I, you know, me being, I, I am representing Tomas in this sense, but everything that you're saying does equate. It's not a, as some would say, a pipe dream. You know, I don't feel as if you're you're blowing smoke our way just to get Tomash to stay. But you know, I want something. I want to be confident in taking a plan back to Tomash and presenting a plan to him that he would feel as if, you know, what maybe this is a good situation for me. I'm here. I should stay here. I'm committed to the not just the fan base, not just the organization, but they're also committed to me. What what's the plan moving forward to kickstart this playoff push and this cup contention that you continue to allude to? Well, you've already seen a better team this year, you know, better team defense, just uh, players who are playing for each other this year. So this year was a even if even if we missed the playoffs, this year was a very important stepping stone year. And so this is the start. But we've already terminated Evander Kane's contract. That's going to clear up a lot of money. And Evander has a grievance, but we believe we'll win it or he'll settle it, which will mean a much smaller cap hit for us as the cap rises. And again, the cap will go up a million next year, and it's going to keep going up. Our next step is we're going to buy out Mark Edward Vlasic's contract, and that's going to free up $3.4 million next year. The next big step that we're committed to is we're also going to look to trade Redeem Shimmick. 
He's got $2.25 million in each of the next two years. And we think if we attach a future second-round pick to his deal that we can find a taker. So, again, you know, $2.25 million, not a huge amount. And so I don't think we need to send out a first. Uh, second, I think that will do. And so that clears up about $5.5 million right there. So now we'll have, and we've already done all the uh, the math on this, including your 8x8, Barabanov, Dolan, Middleton, and Ferraro's raises. We're going to have about $6 million to play with in free agency. And we really believe that we're a good third-line center away from really solidifying this forward group. We tried with, with Nick Bonino in the last free agency, and while he's still a good defensive player, Yes, the offense isn't there with him. You know, he's a bit older. So we've identified this summer Andrew Kopp or Vincent Trocek as our top targets. These are both centermen in their 20s, and they're also capable of playing second-line minutes too. We think that Benino will still make a phenomenal fourth-line center, by the way. So I think he'll help solidify that unit. And so, you know, pushing down people down in the lineup, we think that this is going to be the framework of a really solid top nine. Okay. Again, your client, Timo and Barabanov as the first line. And then some mix of, of Logan Couture, say Andrew Kopp, Balzers, Dolan, Eklund, and LeBanc to round out the top nine. And once we buy out Mark Edward Vlasic, that leaves us with just three long-term contracts with players in their 30s. Carlson, Brent Burns, and Logan Couture. And we've already talked about Eric, and we, again, believe that he is going to age into a future Hall of Famer, a guy who's going to be very productive in his mid-30s, like a Ray Bork, uh, uh, Al McGinnis, guy like that. We also believe that Brent and Logan are still playing at a high level, and they're still important leaders in our room. You know, they help set the culture like you do, like your client does, while still being very productive players. And so Brent Burns, take him first, 36, we know. But he continues to still play a high level of minutes, and he may not be a true number one defenseman. He may not play at a level that reflects his minutes, but we still think that he's a very solid top four defender. We're going to scale back his minutes next year and raise Eric's to kind of balance it out more. We also like our younger defensemen, you know, the growth of Mario Ferraro. You've seen, you've seen that uh, guy who's to in his rookie year was playing 14, 15 minutes a night. Now playing an easy 23, 24 Middleton Knizhov who hasn't played this year, but we still like his talent a lot. So we like our younger D and this isn't even to get into our prospects, right? Guys like Santeri Hadika and Ryan Merkley. So guys with, with pretty good talent here that we like. Now let's talk about Logan Couture. You know, Logan Couture in his early 30s, and he may not be quite the player he was five years ago, you know, who who was, but we believe that he has every hallmark of aging into a really good third-line center. So, yeah, he's making $8 million a year, and maybe he's not going to be worth that, but he's still going to be a really, really good player into his, into his mid-30s. You know, he's such a smart player. He's still great hounding the puck. And he has, again, all, all, 
all, all the earmarks of a guy that's going to, I think, age really well. And we can see him switching up, you know, again, you know, our belief is that we need to fortify the center position be, behind uh, Tomash and Logan. And so we can already see that he and say Andrew Cobb, Cop or Vincent Trocek can switch up uh, next year. You know, Logan can play a little third line. Uh, Andrew Cobb can play second line. You know, whoever is kind of running hot at time. And we haven't really got into, you touching on Thomas Bordalo. We haven't really got into the other prospects that we're excited about. Guys like Tomas Bordalo, Daniel Gushin, Tristan Robbins, Ozzy Weisblatt. Now, you know, these guys are not the marquee names that uh, William Eklund uh, might become. But we do think that these are forwards that can help us sooner than later and they're pretty talented too they're going to add to the the depth of this team so overall you know kind of painted a picture of what the team is is going to look like in the in the immediate future we're also going to of course you know this is sort of par for a course for these kind of deals but you're going to get a full no uh a no movement clause and i think the biggest thing here is you're going to get our verbal commitment that we'll trade you wherever you want in two years if we're not back in the playoffs. And I know not a lot of teams are going to, are going to do that for you. So your client's going to get a guaranteed eighth year of his contract that nobody else can give you, plus our commitment to manufacture cat space here like like we we pointed, of course, we're going to keep our ears on the ground for other things, trades, that sort of thing. But immediately, though, the first uh, the first uh, the 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 first time we can this offseason, we're going to clear about five and a half million, like we said, with uh, Vlasic and Shimmick. And we're going to spend it on high end free agents to improve this team. And. You have our commitment commitment again that we will trade you where you want in two years, just entering 30 if we haven't turned it around yet and your client knows we're a team of our word too you know we promised kevin lebank a big contract if he gave us a sweetheart deal in the summer of 2019 and we kept our word okay i uh i appreciate you taking the time to go over the extensive details of uh, what the plan is moving forward specifically with my client in mind and I will be sure to take this information back to Tomash and present it to him. And at that point, it will be his decision. Hey, we just want to take a quick break to thank this week's sponsored DraftKings Sportsbook. Hey, Hoops fans, the latest offer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, is too good to pass up. We're talking between the legs, 360 windmill good. Vince Carter, absolutely dunking. On your face, too good. New customers can just bet $1 on any team and get a $150 in free bets if they win. It's that simple. And don't worry, if Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still take your shot at a big payday. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with daily DraftKings Fantasy Basketball Contests. It's simple. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN, bet just $1 on any NBA team, and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Must be 21 or older. Minimum age and location requirements vary by jurisdiction. 
See DraftKings.com sportsbook for full list of requirements and state-specific responsible gaming resources. Avoid where prohibited. Minimum $5 deposit. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Tennessee, call or text the TN red line 1-800-889-9789. In Connecticut, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. All right, Shane, I don't think we did that bad. <laughs> <laughs> hopefully, hopefully that's not too 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 uh too too awkward so yeah but. no 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 i think it went great i think everyone listening agrees as well that went wonderful i think you well, make good points though as far as that goes um the verbal commitment is something that i never even thought of and i think that that's very interesting that they can essentially guarantee him an eighth year at that eight million dollar uh price tag and then just say look if we're not competing to the level that you want us to be in by the time you're 30 tell us where you want to go and we'll figure it out we'll, we'll trade you somewhere so um i don't know how that would work but um that's an interesting yeah trade thought. trade him to colorado for a seventh round pick <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah yeah set the world on fire <laughs> no but i think that's great i think it, um i think uh, people can take a lot from that uh and that, that this kind of expands off of our mailbag last week that we talked about um, how to improve the the Sharks. You brought up Andrew Kopp as well as Vincent Trocek. Those are the names that we have both looked at as viable three Cs, uh, like 2B essentially, uh, centermen for the Sharks to, uh, to pursue in buying out this contract, uh, buying out Mark Edward Vlasic's contract, and then having the cane money off the books and the the money moves that they'll have to make along with the increase that you talked about i think it's i think it's possible it's all just a matter of if he's willing to take 8 million dollars as opposed to like a 9 or or whatever it may be that he's looking for and yeah. if he really does want to stay here in San Jose yeah i mean uh you know again you know how we arrived at eight and i wrote a story about it recently but you know uh hurdles production uh lies pretty squarely between uh sean couturier who is uh just signed a eight year 62 uh that's a 7.75 uh annual uh and mika zibanejad who just signed a eight year uh let's see eight and a half what is that uh 69 is it nice yeah Nice. Something like that, or sixty-eight, maybe Mika it's sixty-eight nice. actually. Anyway, though, <laughs> no, yeah. So, eight, so eight and a half, though, eight and a half. So, um, so I, I think I, I think it's reasonable. Uh, eight and eight and an eight. Uh, you know, if Hurdle comes back and wants eight and seventy-two or eight, eight and a nine, eight by nine, then maybe you say, okay, then may, maybe maybe let him walk. You know, because I I do think an eight by eight is very fair. And it gives the Sharks a little bit of flux. It's not to say that Hurdle couldn't make more in an open market. He might be able to make a little bit more, but he's not going to make too much more. I mean, look, like Alexander Barkov just signed an 8 for 80. Hurdle is a great player, but he's not Barkov. And so that kind of gives you like sort of the high, uh, basically what he's going to fall under, which is going to be still single digits. And so... So yeah, so so uh, so so that's how we kind of arrived at that number. And you know, to use a, a a word that you used before, Nick, you know, this is a lot of hopium. You know, I don't know if I really believe uh, <laughs> everything that I've just said there, that everything I've just argued there. But there, 
it's possible though. You know, it's yeah. it's uh you know it's the sharks points. the sharks aren't the best bet to be a contender in two years. There's no doubt. There's no there's no way to spin it, no way to sell that. But can you sell some possibility here that is legitimate? I think you can. You know, when I mentioned Eric Carlson and you know, comp, comps of his that are still productive and productive in their mid thirties. And the fact that he has come back and what he has been in the lineup, he has been excellent. Yeah. Uh, more, you know, uh, as consistently good as, as he, as he has been in a long time. And, you know, everyone wants to talk about his injuries, but again, the, I think the only injury that Eric Carlson has had, uh, since he's been with the Sharks, at least that's been really worrisome was the groin. Obviously, he had the ankle stuff in Ottawa that was worrisome too. Um, but the ankle stuff in Ottawa in 2018-19, Eric Carlson had, you know, for those couple of months uh, that we've always we always talk about in the 2018-19 season, one of the best players in the world still in those couple of months coming off of that ankle surgery, and so that's not a worry, uh, I think, too much. And then the groin, of course. Obviously, that w- that was a concern, but you know he may have allayed some of those concerns this year with how good a season he's had. And yeah, uh, again, you know, like I think it is important to note that that Carlson, you know, had a really good run actually with injuries when he was younger. And a couple of these injuries that we're talking about, the thumb and forearm, they don't, there aren't they aren't the kind of injuries that to me suggest a guy that's injury prone or or whatever. They're not the lingering stuff. And so I think that is reasonable that, you know, Carlson could turn this all around and, uh, yeah, be very good for the next, uh, the, you know, the next, uh, what is it? Six, five. Yeah. <laughs> it's six. a long time, uh, yeah. of, of that contract. So not likely I wouldn't bet on it, of course, but, um, can you sell it? Maybe, you know? And yeah. so, yeah. And I, I, I think that, um, you know, uh, a lot, a, a lot of hopium. So I wonder what the what the listeners will think if they buy into it. Uh, so you, you probably should run another another poll and see if if this entire argument you know holds water. Uh, and if the listener was a Thomas Hurdle, would they take this? You know, and you do have to account for that. Uh, Thomas Hurdle, I, I think, does love the Sharks and does love the city of San Jose. And so, you know, if he's feeling you know some optimism. Which I think he does, or or he yeah. would have already kind of decided to leave. I think, but I don't think he has decided that. And I think he does feel optimistic because I think he does like what he what he sees. You know, he has said that the future of the Sharks is bright. Uh, he said that a couple of times. I think he means it too. He's yeah. not just saying that to be to Thanks, let the William fans Matthew. down easy, <laughs> right? Uh, thank you, Timo Meyer, too. You know, if this yeah. was the exact same Sharks team as last year, uh, with Eric Carlson dragging, Timo Meyer dragging. And, you know, whatever going on with the banner came in the locker room, he's gone. He's, you know, he's, he's, you know, checked out in his mind. He's already making, you know, he's checked out, huh? Yeah. Or, or he's checked <laughs> out, you know, he's, 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 uh, you know, he's looking up real, he's looking up apartments in Manhattan or something, you know, at, yeah. at, you know, this, you know, you know, if it was, if, if he no, was, he, uh, he was up at the, t- if, he, if he was available at a trade deadline last year. Um, no, yeah, Shang, no but, he's not checking out apartments. He's checking out the school's rating at the best districts exactly. in those different cities. He's a dad right. now. That matters. So right, right. No, yeah. So so this this year isn't isn't last year, and so I th- I think I th- I th- I think that if he's optimistic, and that's why I added that that bit about 
you know, if we're not able to turn, if the Sharks aren't able to turn around in a couple of years, then we'll send you where you want. And yeah. for the Sharks, you know, it's sort of a, <clears throat> well, it is a risk, obviously. You know, you lose the assets that, that you were going to get if you trade them this trade deadline. And if you kind of let uh, Tomash pick where he wants to go uh, in a couple of years, you know, kind of under the table or whatever, right? Um, you know, he may pick some destination and you may not be able to get the, the, the best package back. Um, but you know, that's again, you know, if you really want to keep the guy, um, and if he really wants to stay, then it's sort of the best of both worlds because you have a couple more years to, you know, reimagine this team and really, really put it back, back on track. And, you know, he gets, uh, he gets to be a part of that, you know, which, I think part of him wants to be, and if it doesn't work out, then he gets to, you know, pull the, pull the cord on it and parachute out while he still has a lot of, in theory, a lot of runway in his career, uh, yeah. you know, just entering 30. And if we circle back to the contract, I did the math. Mm-hmm. If you want to give Tomas a nice contract, you just give him <laughs> 8.625 per year. So that would be a $69 million contract. So... I can't wait for that deal to be signed. They show up with eight. He asks for nine. They say, let's meet in the middle, but we'll even go a little higher, 8.625. And then they'll change his number to 69. (laughs) He will be memed into existence. Yeah, that's all I had for that. Um, No, I think it's great to look forward to. And again, we will be talking about this more than likely again in two weeks. Uh, like Shang said, because uh, or next week, yeah, <laughs> yeah, or every week for the next month. So yeah, <laughs> either way, it's gonna be um, yeah, Tomas got traded, or no, he didn't, or what's the next step, or is a Vlasic buyout even? Um, we we posted the numbers on that poll that we talked about, uh, the previous poll of whether or not the Sharks will trade uh, Tomas. We did post the buyout for Mark Edward Vlasic because that was discussed in the lovely dialogue in the comment section of that tweet. So feel free to go back and check that out. But uh, we, as time, must go on. So next portion of this episode, our lovely Sport Logic stat of the week. We haven't done this in a little bit because the Sharks have had two weeks off, so there wasn't much Sport Logic stats to talk about. So we decided, well, Shang decided, we should highlight something positive. Right. Let's let's bring out the positive in this team. You know, they didn't score any goals. They got shut out by a rookie goaltender. We can't talk about the offense. There's too many reds. There's too many red highlights on this sheet that you've sent me, (laughs) Shang. So we scroll down. We go all the way down to the penalty kill, which has been a consistent like powerhouse under Bob Bootner. I mean, yeah, I want to say too that we had a choice of uh, talking about uh, the team's offense and losing Tom Osherto and we went against the grain and we're going to talk about the good the team is doing and keeping Tomas Hurdle. Yeah. See, switching it up on you, hitting you with the juke. <laughs> we hit the B button and hit you with a spin move. And now you're undressed on the field and don't know what the hell's going on. <laughs> so yeah, we're going to highlight the penalty kill and it's just continued success. So again, we've talked about inner slot shots on this podcast for the sharks. Yep. Those are the high about- danger area shots. Yep. Exactly. Yeah, that's exactly what they boil down to. If you're a natural stat trick connoisseur, those are the HDCF or HDC. Roughly, not exactly, but yeah, roughly. Yeah, Yeah. around there. You know, that's that high danger chances. So 
we know that inner slot shots contribute more to actual goals than almost any shot in the league. And, you know, for the Sharks, while on the PK, they are eighth best in the league for inner slot shots on net against, which means they're keeping that number to an absolute minimum. So with this, they limit those high danger chances and they give Reimer um, or Aiden Hill, depending. It's been more Reimer lately due to uh, Hill's injury. But they give Reimer the best opportunity to make those saves because they are decreasing those high danger shots. Right, and that all results in the Sharks having the fourth best penalty kill in the league. Mm-hmm. Yep. So fourth best. Yeah, and so that's not uh that that's not luck. And Selvin quite figured out how their PK can be so good and their uh, defense kind of shoddy, but uh, well, even better this year at least. But of course, that was a problem the last couple of years. <laughs> yeah, and you know who's really really great on the penalty kill? That third line center that they signed, Nick Benino, as well as right. Andrew Cogliano, who's got the the motor of like an old 7.3 liter power stroke diesel. Right. It just doesn't stop. Or uh, Matt Nieto, actually. Uh, there's an yeah. article that I just wrote a, a week ago. Actually, I really enjoyed writing it. So if you missed it, um, uh, I think there's a lot of great stuff in it. And the, art- the title of the article was uh, 21 Things That Sharks Forwards Do Well. Uh, good thing that I put that out before uh, they got uh, embarrassed by Edmonton. <laughs> Two but, shots in the second period, Shang. What the hell was that, man? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that wasn't pretty. But um, anyway, though, uh, Matt Nieto um, is... <clears throat> of uh, all penalty kill killing forwards in a league uh, that have played more than 50, uh, 54 on five minutes, you know, basically down a man minutes. Um, he has given up the least goals uh, or he's been on the ice for the least goals. Uh, only two goals uh, against uh, when he's been on the ice on, on the, on the, well, on the, on the four on five. And that's the best in the league. And so he's doing something right on, on, on the PK too. Uh, but obviously, and that's, you know, what I try to address uh, in my sort of mock uh, appeal to to Tom Oshardo's agent, um, that third line of Cogliano, Benino, Nieto, uh, it's offensive block hole. You know, let's be honest, you know, the Sharks mm-hmm. have been trying to figure out that third line uh, offensively, uh, well, two ways for the last uh, three years since 2018-19 and they haven't figured it out yet um and you know this year that's a excellent i think a good defensive third line uh, not a very good o- offensive one and so figuring that out um it's you know that's going to be the sharks uh, best chance for success um i think there could still be questions with with the kind of the hypothetical hypothetical defense that i've i've created there uh, in my appeal to Hurdle, you know, we talk about Brent Burns, Eric Carlson, still with the team, Ferraro, Middleton, uh, Knizhov, maybe, maybe Merkley. Uh, so there's still going to be some question marks there. Um, but uh, between and you guys uh, who are listening can can let can let me know, uh, you know, what needs to be addressed more on this team that kind of middle six scoring or adding to the defense. I think I think that both are kind of both need help, uh, but I went with uh, with with addressing the forwards first over the defense. But uh, yeah, again, interested in hearing uh, what what you guys think of it. If you guys think that that uh, just adding a second round pick uh, can get rid of Redeem Shimmick too. So <laughs> yeah, and I mean, 
the the defense is I mean that's ugh, we've talked about that but I mean the depth scoring on this team needs to get better like yeah in order for them to succeed and yeah that's, and you know one, one thing oh good no I'm just that's just been the epitome of like day one of this season was like home opener Andrew Cogliano scores the very first goal of the season right and it's like mm-hmm. oh shit we got depth scoring Jasper Weatherby scores everyone's pumped up we're excited we're having a great time. Well, no, I mean, I, I wasn't. But. Well, I mean, I was in stands, Shang. I mean, I was, we were pretty, pretty excited. It was a comeback, you know. Colorado hasn't scored more than ten goals in like four years, and well, yeah, but I mean, it's just like, hey, looky there, someone who isn't named Hurdle scored a goal. Sure, That's sure, so fair cool. enough. Yeah, or Logan Couture or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But it's like here we are back on the same exact crazy train so i feel like if you can just do a full demotion to fourth line that our third line has and reinvigorate that third line with an andrew cop with vincent trocheck one of those type of guys it's huge if you yeah. have eklund come in and be able to be an instant difference maker it's huge it's i don't know it, i just feel as though again taking a fat hit of hopium there like there is a possibility that that could succeed it's not zero but yeah. it's a low number. But and it's better, opinion, than, better than a Jim Carrey meme, I would say. Yes, exactly. But in my opinion, I feel like the uh, the top six, middle six, whatever you want to call it, that, that needs to be addressed because it's also a cheaper price tag um, yeah. to get more in that in those areas. Yeah, so. yeah. And, and, yeah, then adding a high-caliber defenseman. I also add, too, that um, – a lot of you know team defense is commitment and buying in and that sort of thing. So even though the Sharks defenseman that blue the blue line um, isn't going to be the the strongest mm-hmm. uh, compared to the best in the league, you look at how what the Sharks have done this season with Jacob Megna, Nicholas Malash, you know a lot of uh, no names, you know playing um, Jake Middleton, you know playing good minutes, and a lot of reason why the Sharks have had more success with the defense, even though the, the names uh, you know, are happy are lesser are lower lights, you know, so to speak is because the team is willing to play hard. They're willing to commit and block shots and they're willing to dump the puck in and chase it and basically make the other team go 200 feet the other way. And just little things like that, you know, they do a, a lot more than they did in previous years. And so just that commitment itself even with a no a kind of a no name defense beyond Burns and Carlson, um, you can do a lot with it, I think. And so again, uh, the defense, yes, is is not is 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 not great still. Uh, but got to you know choosing the the greater of two evils to address. Yeah, I, I agree with you. It's the secondary scoring, and you know it's adding uh, players to your middle. Uh, to your top nine, not just guys who can score. And I think uh, we talked about this in the mailbag, or maybe we didn't really uh, address it fully. It's not just about adding guys, you know, who are, who are one dimensional players that might be able to pop in 40 points and play some power play. It's about adding the right guys who can play two way hockey and fit into what Bob Bugner wants to do. And that's where I can see a tro check. I can see a cop and I can see even an Eklund stepping in and, and doing a lot of good two-way things uh, in the, you know, uh, next season. Yeah. Good things to talk about. Good things to think on. Ideas out there for everyone. 
the the so, hope the the, the only the only hopeful hopeful harbor that you'll find in the next uh, month perhaps uh, with uh, everything swirling around Tomas Hurdle. <laughs> yeah, it's all downhill hill. It's all downhill from here, folks. So uh strap the fuck in. It's going to be a bumpy ride. So. <laughs> uh but Shing, I think that pretty much wraps it up for us this week. Um again, we got a lovely Canucks game coming up. Those listening to this on uh, Thursday, that will be tonight. Um, and then we have uh, Jack Eichel coming into town and uh, the Vegas Golden Knights. You know, I think that's the very first time the Sharks have met the, the Golden Knights this season. Yep. So um, the old rivalry renewed. Maybe that'll light a spark under the butts of some Sharks players to score some goals or something. Let's see some. Let's see some some productivity from Ryan Merkley because God knows we need the productivity. And uh, let's get some good games, Sharks. So that's from me. That's from the fans, too. I think I speak for everybody. Like, come on, just compete, damn it. So, (laughs) sorry, I don't want to go on a rant here. Again, you can follow the podcast on Twitter at SJHockeyNowPod. Manscaped, I'm looking at you. That's right. We've we've talked. We've gifted back and forth. Come on now. You have our DMs. Our DMs are open. You can follow the network at HockeyPodNet. You can follow myself if you want to see my dumb game day tweets at Nick Floor underscore and Shang. Oh, uh, Shang <laughs> underscore Pang. <laughs> yeah, I figured we'd double up this time just in case people didn't hear it. At the beginning. Yeah, that's that's why that's why I was uh, confused. I thought I said this already. So yeah. Shang, <laughs> big question mark. <laughs> but no, no, of course, everyone, uh, make sure you all take care of yourselves. If you're eligible for the booster, go get it. I'll be getting mine, so hopefully I'll be alive and, like, not sickly. But, um, again, make sure you all take care of yourselves, stay safe, and, of course, stay hydrated. Stay hydrated.